I'm going to try to clarify thinking a little bit concerning the question of, of life. How do we, what is life? How, how do we get more of it? So physically speaking, doctors have ways of uh, judging whether a person is to be considered alive or not, or a body, whether it's, it's to be considered alive or not. So it depends on the objective and it depends on um, the, the, the preset uh, kind of things that are being looked for. For example, if the objective is to harvest organs, that's one objective. If the objective is to, uh, it, to keep a person in, in, a, in a comatose state till they can hopefully be revived. That's another objective. If the, if the objective is for consciousness, that's another objective. So there's different things. But there's some kind of motion. There's some kind of uh, activity going on. And, and that's what we call life. So we see that in order to have physical life, we have to take in and assimilate uh, food right? uh, or energy, what we call energy, calories, in the form of food. If we go too long without food, then we begin to die. Right? We begin to uh, our body begins to eat itself away, or whatever that physiological explanation would be, technically. And uh, it's a big problem. So, in order to, to attain the physical life, we have to search out food, and not only do we have to sit next to it or look at it, not only do we have to chew it, but we have to swallow, swallow, swallow it. And that has to go into the stomach and it has to be digested. It has to be assimilated and then it converts to, well, we don't want to mess up uh, the technical explanation, but conceptually speaking, we would say then, then it's utilized to build up our uh, physical body, our muscles, uh, our organs, our cell function, our, our blood uh, and all that. So we, of course, can understand easily enough that uh, the life of the body is not the same thing as what we consider to be life. Why? Because there's a comatose state, for example. Uh, there's a, a state of, of brain death supported by machines or the brain stem is working uh, or in conjunction with, with machines, whatever the case may be. So we understand just because the, the blood is circulating, just because the lungs are moving, there we go, just because the heart is beating, it doesn't mean that there's anything that we would call life subjectively speaking. So what, what do we call life subjectively speaking? One thing that we could call life is simple in itself awareness, meaning it, the very fundamental quality of of uh, uh, of being a self-existent being, right? If we put ourselves in a um, in an environment where none of our senses are being stimulated, I believe there's um, sensory deprivation tanks. You're floating in salt water. It's, it's perfectly dark and still, no, no sounds unless some person splashes the water or something or hums. Uh, no uh, smells. What else? No touch sensations. We didn't miss anything. So no sense sensations, and yet, of course we do not then disappear. So we say that our existence in itself is what we would call self-existent. It's not, uh, it's not reliant on a, a sense sensation. We don't have to have something to see or smell or hear or taste. I think we must taste, right? That, or, um, or touch in order to exist. Those are things that come to us. And we step out of the sensory deprivation tank. All those sensations can flood us, uh, flood our experience, but we don't need them in order to, to, to exist, to be a self-existent being. So we can call that life if we want, but we see that that's not really saying much and, and it's not the, the, too useful. Right? I see life is just a term, so we can call anything at all that we want life, and certainly we can call that life. But it's uh, in as much as it's possible to... Um, to, to uh, experience oneself as a self-existent being and yet have no kind of uh, just being a state of dull, worthless awareness uh, uh, of, no, uh, uh, of no apparent uh, 
desirability whatsoever. And if we want to call that life, we can, but uh, we, we might want to keep pushing a little bit more. So anyhow, we could uh, say that uh, uh, the term life might well apply to a state of being where we feel alive, where we feel, I not to use the word in the definition, slightly different, whatever, where we feel connected to something in such a way that it's an intrinsically, inherently worthwhile state. Right? So for example, if a person feels alive when he or she rides a roller coaster, when he or she rides a roller coaster in that moment, that peak moment of exhilaration and adrenaline, it's like this is this is self-supporting worth, right? I don't need somebody to tell me that this is worthwhile, that there's a point to this, there's a meaning, just keep going. You'll see the light one day. No, this is what I live for. Right? That's what people say. This is what I live for. This thrill right now of skydiving, of the roller coaster, of the perfect uh, meal, of uh, the perfect uh, uh, kind of vibe, right? That I have the right song on and the, the sun is hitting me at just the right angle, the beams of the warm sun. Uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on the beach and it's just everything is exactly like I want it. So certain moments like this, we really truly feel alive. And we might want to call that life, right? As opposed to just a dull kind of, uh, just kind of that kind of existence, which is still we exist, but uh, again, in a, in a just a neutral way, if not an undesirable way. So now we can ask, how do we feel alive? What, what, what's, what's in common with all these instances that we feel alive if we were to abstract from them and try to figure out what really is the, the meat of it, right? Because different things are different people, different strokes are different folks, roller coaster from one person, another person feels alive uh, in, a, in an armchair, you know, with that, no movement, not even a rocking chair, that's too much movement. So what, what is the underlying thing? And so here we would say uh, that uh, uh, a way perhaps to think about it is that um, what makes us feel alive is when we uh, rise up out of our very narrow sense of self and we kind of are plugged in like, a, a, like a, a plug into an outlet. We're plugged in to a broader sense of self, right? meaning in our natural uh, state, uh, where we're just our, our, our usual self, it's a narrow conception of self, meaning here, here I am in this body, just one body out of many billions. It's a small object in the face of all the big things that are out there. There's a big tree, there's a big telephone pole, there's a big mountain, there's the big ocean, there's the big earth, right? We see these videos uh, of uh, the earth is so small and uh, in the... In the Solar system, the solar system is so small in the Milky Way and so forth and so on, right? So that's me. And then I have a couple of my needs. I want, I need this, I need that to feel good. A couple of my desires. I like uh, chocolate ice cream and not vanilla. I like this kind of music and not that music, right? So this is me, right? This is what I do. I have this kind of uh, livelihood or, or lack thereof. And uh, these are some of my kind of uh, dreams. I want to one day own my own xyz have my own abc whatever it may be so this is me right? so we'll say that that's usually kind of that that uh, that, that that dull state of of uh, of being in our own narrow self and w- whenever we are able to escape from that sense of self through one way or another we feel really truly alive so what makes us escape from that sense of self so we see that something such as uh, maybe a roller coaster uh, there's such a, a flood of adrenaline. It's so unusual. It's so exciting that it makes us forget for, for a moment this kind of narrowness and it just that we're, we're, we're experiencing experience. Like, ah, I'm here right now. Maybe the same thing somebody gets from uh, skydiving. Uh, people uh, unfortunately abuse 
substances. With the same idea, after a certain threshold has been passed, a person forgets about his or her narrow self, even if it, the, the situation there is, is, not, is very far from even being satisfactory, right? and consequently seems to plug in to something else. Uh, somebody else feels alive when uh, he or she is, um, again, the, the right song is on, I, the, the sun is hitting at the right angle, so now I've forgotten about myself. I've forgotten about my problems. I've forgotten about my aches and pains and, and trials and tribulations. And the song has lifted me up out of myself, and I feel connected and plugged in. So it, going down this, this uh, line of reasoning, and all the, we're saying, speaking more you know, conceptually uh, as a matter of, uh, um, what's the word, parable, analogy. It's not, not necessarily literal, like uh, by a photograph it or, or, uh, or test it scientifically, but just conceptually speaking, we might say that, uh, that real life lies outside of our narrow self. What we would call real life, should we say, lies outside of this conception of I am this body with these arms and these legs and these problems and these wants and these needs. Uh, It's something broader uh, than that. And whenever we, through one method or another, plug in to that true source of life, excuse me, we feel really, truly alive, right? So to drive the point home more, maybe let's say that uh, a person is... um, you know, a very timid person, a very kind of low energy type of person. And to be this, this person is a, is a rather dull experience. And right? I walk around very quiet, like a mouse. Uh, I don't have a lot of, uh, uh, like we said, energy to do anything. I don't have a lot of ambitions. So I'm constantly in this little, tiny, narrow, uh, uh, quiet s- sense of self. All right. So then all of a sudden, let's say uh, there's some there's some kind of unexpected shock, like I win the lottery. Something I can never imagine. $100 million all of a sudden, right? I already resigned myself to just a very quiet retirement with a minimal kind of a amount of luxuries. All of a sudden, I won the lottery, $100 million. It's such a shock to my system. It's, it, it literally blasts me out. It's like a nuclear explosion. All the dark comes up. It blasts me out of myself. And for that for that, that moment, while I'm super duper excited, and that could be what lasts quite a bit with something like just winning the lottery, I feel alive, right? So we see that I've escaped myself. I feel plugged in. To something that presumably was was there, nonetheless, right? Because it's not like literally a plug was plugged into us. So there's some kind of mental change, something. All right, I feel plugged in and and I feel alive. All right. So we say somebody else who maybe has more energy, has more vigor, uh, in as much as it's not stemming from uh, vanity and compensation, that maybe they're naturally a little bit more plugged in. They're natu- They naturally have a broader sense of self, and consequently. Uh, they, they have more of a sense of life. But we want to ask, is it possible to procure more life in this definition, in this sense of the word for ourself? Excuse me. So we would ask, how do we do that? If the way to attain uh, or, or experience ourself truly as alive is to, to broaden our sense of self, to escape from our narrow confines of our uh, uh, narrow creaturely individuality, Say that the weight, and we see that the short-term methods work. Uh, 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 I'm at a concert. I'm swaying with so many people. I'm taking substances. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'm bungee uh, jumping. Uh, I'm swimming with sharks. All these kinds of things. They're shocking me out of myself. All right. So we would have to ask: Is there a way to, um, kind of without any gimmicks, in a long-term, uh, reliable way, to get me out of myself so that I continually feel alive? I continually feel. Fl- feel plugged in to the life. 
and uh, we would ask then, what is it that circumscripts ourself? What is it that makes us be so narrow and so limited? And uh, an answer here we, we could potentially give is it's, it's things such as, for example, our needs, our perceived needs, right? If I'm the one who needs physical pleasure and, uh, and uh, emotional stimulation and uh, this kind of psychological need and that kind of physical need and all this, if that's me, I'm the one who needs all of this, well, then I'm limited. I'm, I'm the one who needs all of it, right? <laughs> I'm a very limited uh, entity here, right? Things like that. It's uh, constantly being subject to, to the whims and, and impulses and inclinations and fancies of the body because it's also very narrow, right? It's, it's a big world and here's, I, I am the one who has an itch. I am the one who wants a drink of water. I am the one who wants uh, to, uh, to get a massage, right? That's me. And then, okay, well, then that's, that's a very small, tiny sense of self. And further, we see we're limited by uh, our, our concept, our self-concept. And that seems to be determined by the amount of ideas that we have clearly realized and consequently releasing the, the uh, kind of the, the strings. Excuse me. On ourself, meaning um, we see that uh, if we could get, for example, just in a say, an animated film, we could get a little cute mouse. Right? There's a movie like that, right? Stuart Little or something. So if Stuart Little, why is Stuart Little, is Stuart Little a mouse? Meaning there's a movie with the mouse and, and the mouse talks and, and uh, it becomes a family uh, friend or a friend to the kid. <laughs> and so would it be a mouse or not? I would say, no, it wouldn't be a mouse. It would be a person in the body of a mouse. Why? Because the, in, in the case, in this animated film, it would be the case that the entity there, the conscious sentient being, would not perceive itself, would not think of itself as a mouse. It would have assimilated higher ideas and, and would have been able to live them out. So consequently, it would simply be a person, uh, that, uh, being that defined as, as one who is capable of doing that, in the body of a mouse, right? It would be absolute murder to kill Stuart Little, but it wouldn't be murder to kill a and it's not murder to just kill a, a regular mouse. So we see the difference, right? A, a mouse we take as can sustain sensations as a sentient being, but it's so narrow. It's, it's living out such a tiny, li, relatively speaking, little idea. I'm just this creature that, that, that just needs a little food and needs a, little, a couple of activities here and there. That, that's what makes it a mouse. But, of course, the mouse doesn't have the intellect in order to be anything more than a mouse. It doesn't have, unlike Stuart Little in the movie, it doesn't have, a, a real mouse doesn't have a mind where it can take up an idea. Okay, I'm the one who is doing, playing this role in, in an ecosystem or I'm uh, helping out the, 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 the society by eating you know, little grains or whatever the case, whatever thoughts in theory could, could be here ahead. Right? A mouse does not have the intellect to be able to take in those ideas and to begin to live them out. And consequently, it's bound to its little tiny sense of self. And presumably, as that little sense of self, it's continually seeking out feelings of life, right? Here, I took a little bite of the grain or of cheese, if not, mice really eat cheese. Life, right? I feel alive. Now I ran away from the cat. I feel alive. Well, that may be, a, I don't know if that's the motive, the, or the mouse is scared, right? But uh, whatever it, the, the case may be. Now I'm grooming myself, feel a little life, right? But, but it can never really truly plug into life because it's stuck being that really super circumscribed tiny little uh, uh, creature, sense of self. Not that it's thinking I'm a mouse. Right? Not that that's our classification. But uh, if we were to imagine what it's like, it's probably just the sensations. And it can't form a, a broader concept. It doesn't have the mind for it. So we get the point there. So when it comes to us, we see that if we want to have life, we have to, or have more life, we have to have a broader, uh, 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 deeper, 
more expansive sense of self. And in order to do that, we have to assimilate and realize ideas. Uh, because initially, what ideas do we have? What, what, what idea are we living out? Again, I am such and such person, uh, 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 defined as such and such body with such and such attributes. I'm, uh, I'm four feet, I'm eight feet, I'm six feet. I'm, uh, uh, you know, my fingernails are like this. My hair is like this. I'm a middle-aged, balding uh, male. I'm, uh, 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 I'm a, a female in my 20s with uh, blonde hair. I, well, this is my job. This is what I do, right? So we have this limited set of ideas. That's what we're living out, you understand? So we're in a narrow sense of self. Not as narrow as the mouse, not even close, thankfully, but still very narrow compared to what we could be. So how do we expand it? We have to take up an idea and we have to realize and we have to live it out. Now we have to remember, of course, that an idea is different than simply a sentence. It's different than simply words. So we cannot attain this simply by learning something new in a textbook, academic, pedantic-like way. For example, reading a, a fact, oh, here's a history fact, now I've just become broader. It has to be something more than that. So what's an example? So perhaps let's say that uh, we, um, we take up an idea such as that all people mean good. All people uh, act for positive intent. Right? No matter what a person does, it's because it appeared good to him or her in uh, his or her context. Now, this is an extremely difficult, emotionally speaking, intellectually not really, but emotionally speaking, it's an extremely difficult idea to, uh, to uh, assimilate, to take in and accept and not spit out. Why? Because uh, it's, it's part of our identity, by and large, for just about all of us, that some people uh, mean not good. Right? Some people uh, want to do something bad for its own sake, especially people who don't agree with me, especially people that have made me feel not good. My mom, my dad, my neighbor, him, her, my friend, my aunt, my cousin. Right? Somebody is, is, is that bad guy or girl and that's serving our emotional needs. So something like this is, is very difficult to take in. And we understand if we simply read it or hear it as a sentence and then we don't do anything with that, it's not going to expand our sense of self. But if we take up that idea and we begin to earnestly try to live it out, by continually thinking about it, by trying to make our actions reflect that, by seeing, uh, uh, finding real life instances. Ah, there, there's an example. There's an example. Now I get it. Now I get it. We be, make it deeper and deeper and deeper uh, uh, as it concerns our thought. Then we say that within that, whatever the case may be, whether it's uh, six months for some or six years for others or 60 years for somebody else, if we have realized this idea and we have consequently dissolved all of our issues concerning other people and we have Base, a base degree of love for uh, humanity and for every single person. And uh, again, no issues, nothing like that. We see that we have really truly changed ourselves. We've expanded our sense of self from being a, a more narrow kind of circumscribed uh, uh, notion of a self. I'm this person that hates this person and that person that has problems with him and her and yada, yada, to something broader. We've dissolved these boundaries. We've dissolved these chains, these strings on us. Understand the difference between just reading and actually assimilating it. Now we take up another idea. Let's say I have the privilege to be a parent. How do I be a good parent? Right? It's one thing to read something on the internet and be able to recite lines. Oh, I have to uh, take care of my child. right? But then to live it out, that's what really can change us. To realize consciously, conscientiously that idea. It has to be, however, right? It has to be conscious. It has to be in a thoughtful way. Why? Because we see people can spend their whole life doing something and it, they won't change 1% because it was never conscious. It was never thoughtful. I remember one time speaking with an uh, 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 elderly uh, lady, relatively speaking, uh, it's uh, maybe in her 80s or something like that, and uh, she had spent her whole life 
serving her family, uh, being a, a homemaker, and all that. And, and I told her, wow, that, that must be really something to, to constantly give and give, and, and, and it's probably made you selfless and caring and all of that. And she was shocked. She had never thought about the fact that she was giving. She Even the thought never crossed her mind. She's like, I, I guess, I guess I was giving, right? I guess it does feel pretty good. I just kind of was just doing it because that's what I had to do. And so we see a person can spend, in her case, maybe 60, 65, whatever it was, years uh, continually on a daily basis being a homemaker, cleaning, cooking, giving, taking care of children, uh, spouse, grandchildren, and, it, and there, there will be no change because it's not conscious. It's like a automaton. It's just I have to do this because uh, it's in front of me, and that's it, right? Like the mouse. The mouse doesn't change from doing what it does. So we see any of all of this, it has to be conscious, at least to some extent. It has to be conscientious, winning, and done in a thoughtful manner. But we see, we take up the idea, okay, now I'm going to be a parent. I'm going to realize that idea. I'm going to be a spouse. I'm going to realize that uh, the idea is pertinent there to sacrifice myself uh, uh, for the sake of another person to give and give and give and not uh, take anything, never ask for anything. I'm going uh, to uh, take up the idea of a good friend, of a good family member, of a good community member, uh, of a good employee, of serving people through my job, and so forth and so on, right? We're not talking about something academic. I'm going to take up the idea of being a, a great, um, you know, of, of being able to say these sentences from this book that I read, that this equation and that equation and yada, yada. That's something different. It's great. It's fine. But it's something different. We're talking about uh, something that can really, truly change us. So we see that when we do this and we do it in the, the correct and uh, authentic, sincere way, we expand ourselves in a genuine way, not in, in the way of, taking some substances, of going to a concert, of being an adrenaline junkie, and so forth and so on, of posting a mean comment on the internet, right? of, uh, of gossiping and smack-talking. That's why we do it, right? It's a little sense of life. It's a little burst, a little emotional stimulation. Ooh, I said this, you said that, this, that. Right? But not in any of those ways, but in a really, truly authentic way where we really connect ourselves with life and we feel continually alive, but not only just in, in time, right? Temporally, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but we might even say outside of time. We simply attain to life and we have life. And then it's expressed in time on a Monday, on a Friday, on a Wednesday, at, at noon, at 8 p.m., at 9 a.m. It's expressed in time, but it's not, the, the, it's not limited to the time itself. So we say it's the way to go. So let's think about it and do it. Thank you for listening.